Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Apache, where every week we discuss an episode of the Brian Fuller TV show, Hannibal. I am your host, the friendly neighborhood true crime nerd, Sonia. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, my name is Celeste. I'm an artist and nerd, and I'm new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And we're back from our hiatus because we were all busy last week. Thanks for for waiting. (laughs) Thanks for waiting. (laughs) And this week we watched, the table watched Suzakan, which first aired. Suzakan. Yeah. You guys are the guys are into anime, so I don't know if you're Japanese. That doesn't really help me. Uh, Which first aired April 18, 2014. This episode, a social worker pulls Luke Skywalker inside a horse. Hannibal <laughs> makes the scariest-looking dish for dinner, and I hated the last scene. <laughs> but that's just me adding my stuff. But we'll I get to that point. We'll get scene. to that. So uh, this episode had me weary, as it is the much gift one. But I was really mm. surprised by the episode, and I really love how the show begins with Will's metaphor about the fish and how he's being the lure mm. to the. Uh, Hannibal Predator. So I really love that. I really like that scene a lot. Yeah. It's really so cool. It's like, see, it all comes back to my to the long con I've been talking about this whole season about how Will is only pretending. So <laughs> I will be talking about this long con for a very long time. So. I don't know, Sonia. If he's fooling anybody, he's fooling himself. And <laughs> <laughs> me trying to, uh, being the, uh, what you call it, being the enabler. Yeah. <laughs> You but, know he um, wants it. It drives me nuts in movies and TV shows when characters aren't properly dressed for the weather. It bothers me. I hate that. Like, uh, Jack was obviously not dressed for the for being out ice yeah. fishing in the middle of nowhere. Well, possibly in the middle of nowhere. It bothers me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was winter during that time, huh? Mm-hmm. And Lily yeah. looked pretty bundled up, so I think... Oh, he's a pro. <laughs> in my defense, for my, my short film, Mark, the only reason my actors aren't dressed for winter <laughs> is it was fall. <laughs> like, two days before we were going to camera. <laughs> and then it suddenly decided to snow, so I'm just going to say. Well, the fall is still cold, because, like, when we shot Crash Light, uh, it was my, it was five oh, degrees. It was freezing. Yeah, when we were outside, five degrees, and everybody was wearing parkas. I think I was, like, like, cuddled in a sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> At one point. <laughs> we were just all huddling <laughs> together for warmth and hoping the lights would get hotter, but they were Kino flow, so they weren't uh, they weren't heating up. It was terrible. So, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's very possible that... Uh, it was fall? It, well, not necessarily fall, but I don't know. Maybe they, they meant to bring warmer wardrobe and it actually... <laughs> They're like, no, this looks better. Go. <laughs> and Lauren, poor Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence like, Fishburne oh. just got a freeze. It's like, you look good like that. Kind of like, like how Hannibal wasn't supposed to have a hat. And uh, I think it's coming, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's coming. There's a scene there where Hannibal's outside in the, in the winter, and he's got like this weird fluffy hat on. That no one knows why he was yeah, wearing he it. Yeah, it looks so odd on him, but that's because... You know, Matt Mickelson was fucking freezing, so they're like, here, just put a hat on him. <laughs> Any hat. <laughs> so, so that's why he just looks odd in that one, too. So. Uh, but Hannibal's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft dish looks like someone threw up a nightmare onto a platter. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's my nightmare you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it was just, like, the grossest-looking thing. Like, as it was, te- the tentacles were on there. Yeah, it was, it was like, like, grain, goop. Looking and like I have an aversion to fish because when I was growing up, um, I was at my dad's father's house and they were cooking fish, but I didn't know that. I just knew it smelled in there. But so I went in there and I looked into the <laughs> pot that was boiling, and a fish head pops up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like forever off fish for the rest of my life. I have a similar story of that too. Of why I hate seafood. 
just because of that moment. I used to live in a small, like, one-horse town called Scownin, and me and my sister were playing by the lake, and we had, like, the shovel for some reason, and she was, like, putting the shovel in the water, and I was, like, watching, and, like, this huge fish came from the water <laughs> by the shovel, and my sister freaked out and, like, threw it into the lake, <laughs> and I still, like, remember how huge that fish is. I never saw a fish so large before. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now I'm like creeped out by fish. Yeah, Scounin was my uh, was near my original one horse town of Grand Rapids. So yeah, north. <laughs> well, not technically the north, north central Manitoba. Is it like the same lake? Do you? Oh yeah, it's the same yeah? lake. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's just full of There's all things kinds of in that lake. Yeah. <laughs> I like fish. I like fish <laughs> when it doesn't mean. look like fish. It, when it doesn't look like fish, I'm okay with that. But when it has a face, that mm. bothers me. Fried fish, fried fish cheeks. Don't, don't mm, eat anything with, with panic. <laughs> Fish and chips, I like. Yeah, uh, what so else? good. <laughs> You've never had, like, fish cheeks? Fish cheeks are bad. Did you say fish cheeks? Fish yeah, cheeks. pickerel cheeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's the meat from the, from the, the oh, cheek, from the fish. Heck no. It's like, this, it's a little, pe- like, a little sliver of, like, meat, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the favorite thing to do is to, you know, fry it up, or batter it up first, some flour, and then you fry it up, and then, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know why my bite. first thought was, like, Fish butt cheeks. So <laughs> <laughs> like, this weird image. And I think no they, they cook cheeks, uh, pickle, uh, they cook fish cheeks on the show later, I think. I don't know if I'm misremembering it or not, but I think they do. I think they do. Yes. But not the way we eat. <laughs> the native way. people like to eat it. <laughs> the Hannibal wrong way. <laughs> but, um... I continue to be overwhelmed with anger over how, um, no, like, I know Jack is starting to suspect, mm. but the fact that Hannah, like, Hannibal being okay with the guy who basically fingered him for murder. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to laugh when fingered. I use the fingering part. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the fact that he's, like, inviting this guy over to his house when he's been in prison for, like, the murders that he says Hannibal committed, and I'm like... Alana, why? <laughs> Jack, why? Just, well, we all know him. I just don't understand just... why Jack, not Jack, uh, Will, he knows everything, but he still went to dinner. But like, then I watched a scene where he provided meat <laughs> yeah. for dinner, so I was like, oh, okay. He's That's just being he's a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just being an asshole, yeah. Because I'm like, he, him this season is just killing me. I just love it. I love it, too. <laughs> like, I love puppy Will, but I love this Will, too. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, the last scene of last episode was actually where we met Dark Will. I mm-hmm. think it was the first time we met him. And now this whole episode was nothing but Dark Will. And that, I think that's usually how the fans classify him, is uh, within the timeline when they're writing fan fiction is just Will Graham, and then they write Dark Will. There, <laughs> so. um, but shout out to the perv on my bus ride home who was looking at my phone screen just as that scene with the woman, the dead woman falling out of the horse happened. <laughs> Man, I've never seen a guy jump that fast. It was hilarious. Ooh, <laughs> you were watching on the bus? I was watching it on the bus because I, um, I hadn't watched the episode. We record these on Friday, by the way. And I usually watch the episodes on Monday. But I hadn't mm-hmm. had any time because we were filming. And so I, I did the research for the true crime case this week. And then I watched the episode. Oh, okay. But so I was watching the episode, like, wherever I got a chance to, because I have Netflix now. And so I was watching it on the bus <laughs> and on my little phone with, like, the captions on. Mm. I'm taking notes on my hand. 
And so, yeah, like, that guy was just, like, some perv was just looking at my screen like, hey, what you watching? And then <laughs> the body comes for his own. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get for being nosy. Uh, but I also like how they cleverly use the skin of the horse's insides to conceal the actress's nudity. In a way that makes sense, because, like, the skin of its uh, intestines was covering her breasts. So I really mm. love that touch. I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, so gross, and yet... It's like a weird, gratuitous, grotesque thing, and yet no nudity, <laughs> which is what, you know, the censors like, so that's great. <laughs> it's like, well, we see a curve of a breast, but it's yeah. covered by gore. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that, like, not full-on nudity for, like, this perv's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it really has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just, just a body. So it's easier to shove a body in there if they're naked, so. Yeah, it's like uh, being born. <laughs> you know, slippery. Oh, gross, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm convinced Jimmy and the other guy are dating. Uh, it's my new headcanon. They fell into each other's arms after Beverly's death to comfort each other. So that's my new headcanon this Aww. season. It's like they fell in love. They, they love each other. But I think this was influenced by uh, Devereaux's diseases. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fanfic where they do end up together in the story. <laughs> Oh my god. But <laughs> I personally, like, go figure with, for me, I, I personally don't see that. That's not headcanon for me. I think what it is is they're just better best friends because of Beverly. Uh, okay. I think before they were, like, casual best friends. But now they, they, they're united in Yeah, life. like he says he says to Will there, like, you know, like, had we, like, had that better relationship, you know, Be- Beverly, might, we might have, she might have come to us and we might have believed her and she might still be here. So Aww. I think he's living out that kind of, like, you know, no more regrets, you know, let's... We're a team mm. here, so. Oh, that's so sweet. So that's the way I see it. I think that's why their, their banter repertoire was like, it's less fighty and just more like, when he, when, he, when he's trying to say, so-and-so is strangled. And it's like, it's a bit wordy. <laughs> I love Jimmy. But I love Scott Thompson. Mm. Oh, man. Scott Thompson's in town this weekend. I'm going to go try and harass him on my... Is he? Yep. He's in really? town for Odd Block, Odd Block Festival. Oh. So I keep harassing him on Twitter saying, hey, we have a podcast. We love you. Can <laughs> <laughs> we get interviewed by us? Because I mostly would ask him about um, if he did any research regarding his character from Red Dragon, like uh, Jimmy Price in the book. Because Jimmy Price in the book is about 80. Like, no. uh, he's an older man. And mm. so I was just wanted to see how he... Like, because this is not a comedic role for him. Like, there's comedic lines. Mm. But it's usually, it's such a departure from his work in that he is not the lead. But, like, I, I think he was cast because Brian Fuller loves him. So I'm like, oh, I really want everyone to find out what he, like, did he have to research this stuff? Did he get a look at gory things? Like, <laughs> so I really want to know. But, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I didn't, this whole episode, I didn't like people touching their clothing with the crime scene gloves on after they had obviously been handling something that you didn't need or want on your clothes. So Hannibal touches his pants (laughs) with the crime scene gloves on. And I was like, it grossed me out more than the shots with the horse. Uh, I think that's fine. I mean, like, I think we've had this talk before. It's more about, um. Transference of, yeah, leaving evidence from all the people working there, leaving it on the scene. If they take stuff from the scene and put it on them, you know, know, oh well, (laughs) it doesn't do anything. But yeah, it's just to stop transference from them to him. And I think, uh, like, come on, it's Hannibal. Hannibal's probably used to all kinds of shit all t- on him. <laughs> so, that's true. That's probably why he wasn't thinking suits, about it. Though. Yeah. I, not, well, him caring about his suits is completely superficial. You know, mm-hmm. And he's doing that. That's part of his uh, human suit. Mm-hmm. That he would care about something like that, but I think he honestly, honest, Did he honest to God, doesn't care. Something gross and mm-hmm. like rubbed it on his pants. I think he was looking at uh, the girl and the horse. 
was what he was looking at. The horse? I think he, that whole scene. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, did he, was, he touch the horse? I think he did earlier oh. in the scene, but I'm still like, ew. <laughs> ew. And plus, like, for all you know, it's just a weird technical thing that continuity didn't, <laughs> and no one was bothered by it. Like, would he touch his pants? Yeah, sure, why not? Whatever. <laughs> well, it grosses me out, because like, I don't know why I'm being such a baby about this, because, like, uh, uh, Celeste's uh, nephew and I were hanging out this weekend with his father. We were just hanging out having beers. <laughs> He's, like, two years old. <laughs> <laughs> me, and, me and the baby were just hanging out and but he um ran into a table and banged his head really badly and Aww. he got a little cut on the side poor little guy and so we went to the first date at the customer service and we're like hey can like we clean him up he's got a little bit of blood on him and so i cleaned him up and then i realized i hadn't used gloves and i'm like he's okay yeah I know. and i'm just like but like you always get first aid training like use the gloves <laughs> and i'm like and I didn't think about it in that time. I was just like, I just want to make sure his hands are okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, you're, you're practically family. I think that's fine. I think it, if you're getting a stranger doing it, then maybe you'd want, you know. Mm. Uh-huh. That's all. That's mostly what gloves are for anyway, are to, pre- are to protect you and somebody else. And for, you know, insurance reasons, legalities, that's kind of <laughs> half the reason that those barriers are there. Uh, did you ever read this book called The Hot Zone? So the hot zone, well, in case you haven't, it's a book about um, the Ebola virus and it, uh, an outbreak that could have happened in the Atlanta, I think it was the Atlanta Disease Control Area. And this woman got a cut on her hand, right? And she goes into work, but she works in the Ebola lab. And so she's working with all these like animals and one animal's infected with Ebola and it throws up blood. I can't remember the exact thing, but it throws up blood on her glove. The problem with that is there was a hole in her glove. <laughs> so, so like she's she's going through her glove like the four layers of gloves to see if the blood got to the cut and there's this whole scene where she gets to the the layer with her with her cut hand and the blood is just like about it like not even a half inch away from her cut and i was like oh <laughs> it's a really creepy book read it i saw a girl reading it on the bus and i was like i know that book <laughs> <laughs> but it was really interesting. I suggest you read it. It's scary though. You'll 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 just be washing your hands repeatedly. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we get to the first off-screen but shown appearance of my boy Mason Berger as played by in a later episode by Michael Pitt. Mm. And it is also our first appearance of Margot Verger, played by Catherine Isabel, who was amazing in the Ginger Snaps movies, so please go watch them. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. she Ginger, yeah. <laughs> Well-known Canadian actress. Anyway, uh, in the book, Margot is a bodybuilder who becomes one out of fear of her brother, who is a fucking psycho, as we'll later find this season. She stays with him as she has been basically disowned by her parents due to being a lesbian. She wants to inherit the family fortune through an heir born of her girlfriend, but Mason won't allow it and keeps her basically hostage, promising that he'll impregnate her girlfriend when the time is right. So he's basically hanging his semen over her, literally. (laughs) But yeah, like in the book, uh, there was a lot of discussion about Margot not being a lipstick lesbian, quote fingers, in the show. And people were like, why couldn't she be a butch lesbian? And I'm like, ah, ah. Like I'm doing the hand gesture where it's like balancing act. But it's still an interesting character arc. I really like it. Because I think they wanted to portray... Mason being a bit more physically abusive in the books um it's implied that he had raped her when they were children and Mm. so yeah like he's a horrible man Mm -hmm. and in the books in the book Hannibal during the time of the books Mason is unable to physically abuse her 
Mm. But he still has that control over her because she she wants what he he can give her, but he won't give her. And so it's like I I do agree that they sh- they probably could have cast a non. I don't, I don't know. know. Like it's you know what I mean. Or maybe like cast like an actual lesbian. Like is she a lesbian? Really? Uh, the actress. Let me look that up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, if I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, uh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for one, I bet you there was probably. A, Probably like a bit of conflict too when she was cast in the casting, like, and she did her read. She probably, they were probably like, "Yeah, that's." We didn't even think to maybe play her that way, so maybe they thought, "Okay, how can we rewrite this character a little bit so that mm. uh, this actress can play this part?" And I don't know. To me, making a woman a bodybuilder just so she can protect herself from her from a male counterpart feels really feels like males thinking. It's like how how else would a woman be able to protect be the man? Herself, yeah, is being physically bigger okay. than yeah. him. But I don't know. It's, I think like, it's more me, of like the strength. Yeah, to like be able like, to defend yourself. Yeah, like no, I understand that. But a woman doesn't have to be a bodybuilder to be able to defend herself. And in defense of that, in the book, she was still under his thumb. In the, like her strength didn't mean anything to him. Well, it was all oh. mental, right? Yeah, because she had he had abused her from childhood, basically, mm. and she needed him in order to gain the family inheritance. So she had to be. With him in mm-hmm. a certain way, so it was just gross. But so I think the way they played it up in the in the TV show is they're trying to make her more. They're trying to build her up her strength mentally, mm-hmm. and how okay. to be able to survive them without having necessarily to get physical. Mm-hmm. And like obviously, as we watch through the rest of the show, she does end up surviving and coming up on top. Not to spoil things. But spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying it's to prove a point that you don't necessarily need to be physically stronger than a male to still beat him. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I kind of agree with the casting. That yeah, like cause she um, yeah, like she goes through like to spoil a bit of the next season. She goes through a lot. Yeah, and like who's to say why do lesbians always like fall into that stereotype of being like butch or this and that? Yeah. It's like what's wrong with a lipstick lesbian? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just I don't know. I like, think I would have loved a lipstick lesbian as a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Well, because female, female not, like because in the in the descriptions in Hannibal of Margot Verger, she's supposed to look like um like a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilder, but like most female bodybuilders are really trim, like they're mm. really lean, and it's more about like uh it's less about bulking up and more about like looking like a fitness model in most cases. Mm. Excuse like please correct me if I'm wrong, female bodybuilders who listen to this, but yes, it's like because it is very difficult for women to grow the musculature of uh, of male bodybuilders. So it's like, it's more about the leanness and such. Less body fat. But yeah, it's like unhealthy. But moving on, moving on. <laughs> so, but um, I really love Margot Verger. I think she's one of my favorite characters in this in this show. Hmm. Um, I really wish that we could have seen more of her uh, like in this episode. Yeah. Just because I'm like, you're they're only teasing her. So when I found out that Mason was going to be in the season, I was like, yeah! <laughs> so, I'm so happy for that. And then, um... But like, you know, her sessions with Hannibal are great. Like, I really yeah. like that one line where he's like, it actually would have been more therapeutic if you had killed him. <laughs> so it's like, you can already see him like, planting seeds. Yeah, it's like, is it going to really be bad if Mason's not here? But I also like the look she gives after he says those things. It's kind of like a weird moment of raised eyebrow, like, well, did you just kinda, say what I thought yeah, you just said? She kind of suspects that yeah, he's like, not as It's like, good okay, as I'll roll with that, but okay. to be. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, moving on, um, 
I hate Ooh. sex scenes in shows okay. and movies because of how they always seem to focus on the women. Like, I want a shot of a dude's butt. Like, give me a shot of a dude's butt, please. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, like, makes me uh, remember something in high school. Like, my high school best friend also thought that way. So mm-hmm. when she watched Sex in the City, there's, like, a shot of, like, a guy's penis. And she's like, I never see that in movies. <laughs> <laughs> this is new to me. <laughs> well, I remember the first time I saw a penis in a movie was Ian McGregor. That was a that was a good time. Here you did. <laughs> that was a good time to have. Which a, movie are you talking uh, about? Well, I watched Train Spotting. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you see was, him whip the condom off. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Um, Even though he was like totally skinny and really terrible looking in that movie pre um, pre rehab, <laughs> but yeah, I was like a massive crush. So on it's him. like not like Milan Rouge. Yeah. 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 It's like, what was that scene? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But sex with Hanwell is the best distraction. I know, I do, like, his chest. Yeah, his chest was really nice. So fuzzy. Yeah, I'm just like, She's just pulling her fingers in it, I'm like, I want to pet it, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny, because I don't normally... I've never really liked hairy men ever. Like, even, like, Hollywood, like, any celeb, like, if they were hairy, mm-hmm. I'd be like, eh. But he's, like, the only one where I was like, hey, fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what's wrong with me. But, anyway. I, but watching this episode was I was laughing way more than I probably should have been just because there's some ludicrous bits in this show like the episode like the scene where they find the woman's body and she has the bird still mm. alive in her heart there's that whole scene where Jack's watching the bird fly around and I, I kept thinking he's gonna say get that bird it's a witness <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like why would you take your visor off you don't know what's on it but yeah another thing again they don't explain at all, how that bird got in there, like, and it's still alive. You know, yeah, it's just it has been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's probably been in there for what? Maybe at, let's say at minimum twelve hours. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just like again, it's just one of those things. Like in this just show, go. just go yeah. with it. <laughs> a wizard did it, JJ. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but I just love that idea of Jack yelling about how they had to inter- inter- interrogate the bird because it was a witness. <laughs> What did you see? <laughs> I was like, well, we, found, shit. we found bird droppings near the scene of the crime. I want to explain that. <laughs> He's like, Rawr. arrest that bird. <laughs> but Will imagining himself uh, sewing up the body. There's that whole scene where he's carrying the body bridal style, and I'm mm. like, oh, I want to be carried like that by him. Mm-hmm. I probably carry him, but like alive. That. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm significantly taller than, than Hugh Dance. I was about to call him Will Dancy. <laughs> Hugh Dancy. Will Dancy. So I'd probably bridal carry him all over the place. <laughs> like some cute, uh, uh, was it Brienne of Tarth thing? <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm, but yeah, this is, uh, I really love how none of the props in this show are normal. Like there's that whole scene where he's imagining putting the putting the bird into the woman's heart and the bird is in this cage that looks like it's like seven. Oh yeah and he years reveals old. it. <laughs> and for my next trick I'm gonna put this bird in, in a heart. <laughs> when you feel that fluttering, you know what it is. I'm get this heart some wings. <laughs> it's like, uh, but I thought the bird would have fit in there comfortably. What started Well exactly like like I said, they don't explain any of that mm. and how the bird's still alive. But. Yeah, it's like was it eating things? Was it like mm. choking to death on its own carbon? Little, ti- little like, tiny breathing mask. What kind of bird is that? Is that like a crow or it a It was raven? like a finch or something? 
Like, what kind of bird was it? Like a fish? It was, it's small. Yeah, it had, like, a little, like, sharp beak and stuff. Let me look it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't even paying attention. Hannibal <laughs> Susan. To be fair, I was watching the episode in bed. <laughs> I had the laptop there, and I was just kind of, like... Yeah. Falling asleep. Yeah, like, Falling asleep. some notes here. What was the bird? What <laughs> was the bird? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all I wrote was bird in the heart of the victim. And then I moved on. What? <laughs> you didn't put yeah at the end? No. Well, I put dark will visits the scene. I got distracted by will. <laughs> Wait, I should have found out what the heck the bird is. It's like a shrew or something? It's not telling me. Shaming the shrew. No, a shrew is a mouse, isn't it? I can't remember. Oh, is it a mouse? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, animal. I'm trying to find it, but I can't find What's it. What's a shrew? Hold on. I think a shrew is a, like a... What's a shrew? Let's see. Well, the bird... What is it? Anglefish maze. Oh, yeah. It's a rodent. Yeah. It's like a mouse or something. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, remember, remember, Well, I still can't believe that Alan and Hannibal is still, like, a thing that's still going on. Yeah. Like, I wrote here, they're like, oh, they're still smushing booties. It's like, damn it, there's killers on the loose. I thought we were over this. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like that line from Scream Three. Um, my boyfriend just died. Why am I taking a shower? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a horror movie. It's oh. always a shower scene. <laughs> uh, but they mention coffin births. But like I've always been fascinated by the idea of coffin births. Like it used to happen a lot more in the days pre embalming. Like uh, people, like, you wouldn't empty, you wouldn't empty out the uterus of women if they died. So like coffin births would happen when the pressure of your decomposition, the gas pressure of the gases of your decomposition would push it out. Mm. So that's why you you sometimes poop your pants when you die. Mm. So same thing. Uh, but you can find videos of dead whales on. On uh, YouTube and stuff that show I love those because <laughs> I'm weird. Where their innards will explode from the pressure of the gas. Yeah, it's really creepy and scarifying, right. but it's like it's pretty fun to watch. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, "Cool!" Because it's literally like you can see a dude there, right? The camera's far away, and he's just like, I guess he's trying to take samples or something. He's a scientist or something, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just—it's like a fucking balloon. <laughs> And you just see the guy run away, like, oh, Imagine the smell. It would have been terrible. <laughs> but uh, moving on, Jeremy Davies, who plays Peter, was my teenage dream man. I had a massive crush on him when really? I was, like, 14. Really? Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. I was back like, Because huh. uh, I've always been into scary, skinny weirdos, it seems. Anyway, uh, but, I, <laughs> I, uh, but I like how they set up Will and Peter's uh, similarity so early on in this episode. It was really cool. Like, because they're really trying to set up, um, I feel, that they're setting up the show to say, like, yeah, you guys are shipping Will and Hannibal. It's not right. <laughs> like, that's the way I feel that that's taking We but... see you guys. We know what you're doing. <laughs> but I like that two shot of them framed, like, a sort of mirror where they're, like, on the same level. Like, I love that shot. It was really nice. And that whole conversation Will has with Jack about how Peter knows who the killer is was some really good, great writing. Because he's basically talking about himself. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's not the killer, but he knows who the killer is. With some good dialogue. Well, yeah, oh, fucking doing po- uh, po- uh, what's the word? Polar? Is that the Polars. word? Polarizing? Polarizing, yeah, in the show. It's constant. <laughs> Just constant. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have noticed if it weren't for Tumblr. <laughs> and this lovely <laughs> gift set that it does, and it shows you all the, like, matching, and it's like, ooh. 
It's like, do you feel smart? After reading that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this show is just a huge fan of doing that constantly. Yeah, it's like, um, it really, like, because filmmaking is an art. And I really appreciate mm-hmm. when people put that thought into it. Mm-hmm. Because some things that you never really intend people to see what you think about it are, like, really, like, when somebody notices it, it's always cool. Mm-hmm. Like, because, um... Uh, we, me and JJ shot my movie Eagle Girl this weekend, and um, for the two leads, they weren't supposed to they weren't supposed to be twins, but we ended up casting twins because I like the idea of because Eagle the one of the twins is a shapeshifter, and I like the idea of the shapeshifter seeing the lead character and saying, "Oh, that's what I want to look like," and so I'm like, no one's ever gonna notice that or bring it up, and so I'm like, but it's for me. I know that. <laughs> and like it's an extra part of the story. So when people call the garden, they're like, oh, they're played by twins. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, yes, they're showing sure everything. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that and they look beautiful. Oh, thanks. I can't wait it's to all see the to finish. JJ who did such a good job this weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> I just made sure you got everything done each day. That's all. That's and then, all I did. People had food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but speaking of which. We were talking about uh, my dream yesterday uh, that I had. I was telling about the girls about it pre uh, the microphone going on. So last night I went to see Phantom of the Opera. Well, I've seen it twice, but we, we saw the traveling show that came through Winnipeg. And it was pretty fun. I had a great time. Uh, the first time I saw it was better, but uh, I digress. It's always a good time. So last night I had a dream that uh, I was interviewing Mass Mickelson, who was playing the lead in Phantom of the Opera, and everybody was shocked because they're like, Mass is not known for singing. And so I go up to him, and I'm interviewing him for the local paper, and I'm like, Mass, like, why? Like, this role is usually reserved for a really, really, really skilled tenor. Like, why are you doing this? And he's, like, shrugging and drinking a beer, and he's like, yeah, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I woke up to check Tumblr if I had really dreamed it or not. Because <laughs> I was really crazy. Oh, but it was so funny to me because I'm like, that's exactly what he would say. Probably. And drinking a beer. Like, I love how you dreamt him so accurately. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, woke up and I'm like, why would he do that? Mm. <laughs> Just for fun. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he yeah, doesn't sing. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Let me look that up. I'm pretty sure he just he did the dancing and the acting, but yeah, and and, and the soccer. Now, now the it's football. time for him to start singing. Apparently, he does. Hold on, I look it up. Uh, no way. Hear mad sing, cold fingers. <laughs> I'm not playing that. Oh. It's just saying, they're just going to rickroll you. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be that. Uh, San, uh, ben Manderson sang to Matt Mickelson during the filming of Rogue, Rogue One. Mass's brother singing. Yeah, just going to be a brother. <laughs> You're probably going to, yeah. Just going to be getting things. But um, as we mentioned before, I love this new bossy Will. Oh, this like Dark Will is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Telling Hannibal not to lie to him <laughs> was great. I know, right? And that's, po- again, another polar moment from <laughs> from before when he was having his, uh, one of his seizures and that's... And don't lie to me. He's like, don't lie to me. All like, all beggy and cry. And then this one, he's like, flat out, don't, don't lie, to, lie me. to me. Like, it's just like... Damn. It's like, he's telling you what, what... That was such a golden exchange between two of them in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, their eyes were watering. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah they're constantly <laughs> eye-fucking each other. Well, Holy. that's what I wrote. Um, the fantasizing about killing Hannibal is so damn charged. I felt like I saw an <laughs> erection. <laughs> so if you fantasize about killing me, yes. Yeah. Tell me, how would you do it? 
with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> and then began a beautiful fan fiction. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. We discussed this in the season one wrap up of how we would kill Hannibal. And how, uh, I think if I recall correctly, we didn't succeed in the in killing him. Because <laughs> so, we would no. always be taught, uh, always be caught by him. So it's like, but I think, uh, you know, like this is why I go with the long con idea. The only person who could kill him would be Will. Mm. So that's my long con thing. I should write a, a huge theory about that. You should write a fan fiction. I would write a huge manifesto on the page about why Will is the only person that can and will kill him. Can will. And will and can and should. Can it's like and it's, should. It's like destiny. Yeah, it's like it's what destiny. I need. Destiny. Uh, doing bad things to bad people makes you feel good. That'll be the subtitle of my essay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Because it's like, um, it's one of those things. Like, it's another interview of the vampire thing. Yeah, it's like, is mm. it the means to to an end or better? Like, is, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it better if, uh, do, does the end justify the means? Hmm. If killing Hannibal kills five other people, would would it be justified? If kill- Or you mean saves five people? I don't know. Like, not kill- <laughs> like, okay. So say, um, I was going to blow up my building because Hannibal was in it. Not that oh. I'm going to. Oh, I see. Uh, like, for the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. It's not like I'm going to. <laughs> satire, satire. <laughs> it's like you think Hannibal's going to be here. <laughs> I think the conventional thinking is actually, they, they, they posit, posit, what's the word? Oh, Postulate? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, that's a P word. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they put that question a lot in films and books. It's like, yeah, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. would you sacrifice these five people? These ten people, these twenty Hitler. people, yeah. to save to save the world. You know, it happens a lot in films and stories, and they always say, "Yeah, it is. It is worth it." And then there's other people who say, "No, every life is precious. You should try and save all life." Mm-hmm. And it's isn't it like a classic Superman move that he does save the people? I think yeah. so. He goes back in time, but okay, and, you know, if you can't go back in time, <laughs> we're not all fucking Superman. <laughs> In all the comic book All Star Superman, he um, is dying, and so he's going through the. He's going on his last day. He's circling the earth, trying to find people to help, and always listening into people he can help right now. It's a really sweet his story. Last moments. Well, no. The, uh, okay, the best moment of that comic book is there's a scene where he's helping somebody else, and he's hearing something in a super hearing, and you just hear the bass as part of it. Like some doctor is talking to a patient. You can't really figure out what they're talking about. But then, all of a sudden, um, the doctor yells that he doesn't want Regan to sh- to hang up on him. And so you find out who Regan is. And it's this girl at the top of a building about to jump off who just drops her phone. And so she's like, there's a panel where she's like getting the courage to jump. And then all of a sudden, Superman appears behind her and says, like, you're stronger than you think you are. And they hug. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was the saddest moment of my life. It was so beautiful. But yeah, it sums up why Superman is important. Don't fight anybody who says <laughs> that was what my TEDx was about. Oh, yeah. Watch my TEDx. It's on YouTube. Look up Sonia Valentine TEDx. You'll find it. It's about Superman. Well, it's about Spock and Superman, but you can <laughs> But yeah, like it's. I think Will thinks that way. That if he kills a bunch of pe- bad people, that's not as bad as accidentally shooting somebody else. You know what I mean? Like if he accidentally grazed my leg, but in doing so he shot five people behind me who were all evil, then yes, it's. But it's like a hypothetical thing, right? It's like a philosophical thing. Yeah, it's always kind of like. Uh, you can. Yeah. Hi- uh. You can 
philosophize. I can't, fuck, I can't talk today. <laughs> you can talk and talk all about it all you want, but I think until you're presented with that moment, you know, can you sacrifice X amount of people or can you manage to save all life and then still try and let everyone live, including your baddie Hannibal, and get him later, you know, therefore still risking other life that he'll take. Mm-hmm. So it's always, I think that's just law enforcement, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were know. discussing that about uh, the fugitive, because we were discussing um, that scene where uh, Harrison Ford's yelling at Tommy Lee Jones, like, I didn't kill my wife, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about, like, no, he doesn't He doesn't have to care because his, his job is just to bring you in. Yeah. Like, he doesn't decide your guilt. And I think that's, um, like, I don't know where it's going with this, but I think that's what uh, Will is trying to do. Like, he's trying to be the, like, I, I'm trying to prove my truth and people don't care. Hmm. I think that's what he's going well, for. Well, he went through that for so long when he was in prison. So I guess he feels like now that he's like more free, maybe he feels more desperate for people to listen. I think that's it. Yeah, like he he wants to prove it, like because he only has his word, right? He only has the truth of it. Sorry, I'm just looking at Mass Mikkelsen singing. I'm trying to find a picture of him. I'm kind of like I lost the original question. What we're talking about? I we kind of we kind of like dabbled in a few things. We were there, talking so. about whether or not um, uh, Will. Will killing a bunch of bad people to get at Hannibal is that as is that bad if it gets to Hannibal in the end? Oh right, probably not. To Will, probably not because of his empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it was Jack, probably. <laughs> well, Jack would totally know. kill a bunch of people to get the Hannibal. He already has. To come up with uh, the under the table true crime segment of this episode, <laughs> and so this is an update from a last episode we did on Carla Homoka. Oh yeah, mm. that guy. So this week's under the table true crime segment focuses on Carla Homoka's recent act- recent activities. That bitch, what's she up to? <laughs> As we discussed in an episode from last season, Homoka, along with her boyfriend, later husband, Paul Minardo, lured, sexually assaulted, and killed teenage girls in the province of Ontario. They were only charged for two. Hmm. At the time, I think they were charged for two. Look that up. <laughs> At okay. the times, uh, I think they were technically charged for two, but they were they were they were arrested and jailed for two, but they were charged with three. At the time, Homoka had claimed she was an abused wife and was able to secure a plea deal for testifying against Bernardo. However, after her deal had been secured, videotapes of the crimes proved Homoka had a more active role in the crimes than she had claimed. Homoka was released from prison in 2005 after 12 years for her two charges of manslaughter. Upon her release, she had conditions she had to adhere to. She was to tell the police her home address, work address, and with whom she lives. She was required to notify police as soon as any of the above changed. She was likewise required to notify police of any change of her name. If she planned to be away from her home for more than 48 hours, she had to give 72 hours notice. She could not contact Paul Bernardo or the families of Leslie Mafferty and Christine French, the girl she was charged with uh, Mm. killing, or that of the woman known as Jane Doe or any other violent criminal. So Jane Doe was one of the victims. Mm. She was forbidden to be with people under the age of 16. She was forbidden from consuming drugs other than prescription medication. She was required to continue therapy and counseling, and she was required to provide police with a DNA sample. On her first interview after being released from prison, 
She told the press she had planned to settle in the province of Quebec, as she had found Quebec to be more accepting of her than Ontario. She affirmed that she would be living within the province, but refused to say where. Sorry, uh, Quebec. <laughs> but that, uh, did they want to separate from us? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, if you guys don't know, to cut across a bit, to give you some history of Canada, um, a lot of people don't like Quebec if you're not from Quebec. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't like Quebec because I had a really racist experience the last time I was in Montreal. So I'm like, on them. So. Well, like, long story short, I heard about Quebec is they wanted to separate from Canada and they wanted to be their own, their own country or whatever. Wow. And then they did a vote. And then all our fellow natives came out. We're like, no, we're fucking staying here, bro. <laughs> if we leave with you, we lose all our treaty rights and land yeah. rights. And we'd have to start from scratch. So fuck that. And so, so yeah. the native vote came out and held Quebec to Canada. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, why, that's why they're so racist. High five. But yeah, F you, Quebec. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, go ahead. So, uh, but yeah, Quebec is really heavily francophone like pride-ish like they they which hold, is fine which is fine but they are really critical of anglophone people like you go to certain communities in quebec not montreal you go to certain communities in quebec and people will be incredibly rude to you if you speak english after her release samoka was cited around the city of montreal had all her restrictions lifted shortly after her release and gave birth to a child. During her labor, nurses at the hospital refused to treat her. She left Canada after a baby turned one to provide it with a normal life. So I think they moved to the Caribbean. During the Luca Magnata trial in 2014, Luca Magnata had claimed that he had dated Homoka, which was untrue. It was revealed in the trial that she had returned to Canada and was living in Quebec. Earlier this year, it was revealed she was living in a Montreal suburb and sending her three children to a private Christian school where she volunteered. Several parents told the local paper they became aware of Homoka's involvement with their school only after a man who called himself a concerned citizen passed out leaflets to parents in March of this year. Mm. One parent who tried to raise the issue with the school was told he would not be welcomed back when the new school year started in September. He said, when I first read the leaflet, I thought it was a hoax. But then I saw her, and I saw her walking around with her dog for the children to play with. I told my daughter, this lady, I don't want you to go near her. If she calls you, don't go near her and call me, because I don't trust the school. Many other parents who expressed concern with Homoka's presence at their school were told they would not be welcomed back when the school year began again. So that's all I have on that. But yeah, you can look up. Uh, I didn't want to mention which school. They do mention in the press which school that yeah, they're going to. We don't so I won't need to mention that because I, I believe the children are, they don't need to be harassed for their mom's crimes. Yeah. But the fact that she is not being, not trying her hardest to go into hiding for, to the expense of, at the expense of her children's privacy, that bothers me. I'm just like, yeah, terrible woman. Oh, wait, I've got one more page. <laughs> so the Montreal Gazette contacted the school about Homoka's involvement. The school superintendent said the academy hadn't received any complaints. The school has been here for a long time, and we have been involved in it. We have never been involved in anything contrary to the prop proper norms of the students. There is no reason for anyone to be concerned about the way we do things right now for the benefit of the students are in our community. The Seventh-day Adventist Church of Canada, which runs the school, 
told Breakfast Television Homoka isn't a regular volunteer at school and that she's not allowed to be alone with the children. Under provincial law, volunteers at elementary schools are supposed to undergo criminal background checks before interacting with students. Uh, Tim Danson, the lawyer who represents the French and math for D families, Car uh, Carla and Bernardo's victims, said it was a kick in the gut for the families to hear reports of Homolka seemingly living a normal life with her husband and children. Danson also said he's convinced Homolka was never rehabilitated and shouldn't be allowed to work with children. Which mm. I agree with. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But since Carla speaks um, perfect French, they don't care. <laughs> so, well, so the people, the normal people care. Well, I'm going to be getting a lot of hate for this now. <laughs> well, well, not really. I mean, we don't, we're not speaking French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baguette. But yeah, that's why. Like the when I was in uh, Montreal in May, I was terrified of the idea of running into her because if I saw her on the street, I'd probably get kissed, scared out of my mind. Like, I, like I know she's like a tiny little white lady, but I would like if I saw her, I would have been like, <laughs> I'd be like seeing Hannibal Lecter in real life or something. I wouldn't put, like put her up beside Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but I still would have been scared because I'm like, dude, this is a woman who killed her sister. I'm like. Yeah. Mm like you could wait let me see if i can find a picture of her probably wouldn't just give her the time of day you know just yeah like, i'd probably spit on her feet or something <laughs> yeah i'd be just like because she has like dead eyes like she looks terrible let me see yeah there's that really famous <laughs> picture of her like just looking like, like fucking like looking like that like <laughs> jesus christ woman but shout out to the canadian press for uh not showing her children in the photos they did yeah i do like at least mm -hmm. at least most yeah. most canadian uh, press have a little class and just show you like like, we'll show you the, a picture of a cop car. <laughs> the generic... <laughs> I know the CBC yeah. will always show, like, a, like when a crime's happened yeah, somewhere. Exactly. The generic cop car is all those shows. <laughs> you know? It's like or, a crime happened. Or, like, this happened in the city of Winnipeg, and we'll just show you a shot of downtown Winnipeg, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, really? You don't need to show a picture. You know, you've already reported on it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm. You know. Pocket photo is great. But it just bothers me because I'm like, dude, um, she could have sent her husband to get the kids. She could have sent her husband to do the volunteering at the school. It's like mm. she was trying to court. Like I, I keep getting the impression she was trying to court shit. You know what I mean? Like she was trying to stir shit. And she's like, I'm not being talked about in the press anymore. That's I'm, interesting. It's possible, yeah. She might be trying to like just get that attention just because, you know, it's like, I'm fucking Carla Hamoka. <laughs> but yeah, like if I ever see her on the street, I'm spitting on her feet or in her face. I don't know. That's a, that counts. That might be assault. That's though. assault. Yeah. So I'll pit, I'll spit in front of her. And she's white. So. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but no, for real, like. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's like we're we're, we're female and native. Yeah. <laughs> That's already two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> Which also is like when the cops see us, they're like, uh, it's already negative points. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing something, even though like we're the three most innocent-looking women on the streets. Oh, you guys, man. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. That notes outfit. Pull it up wide. Oh, yeah. Like with your nice haircut and nice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> JJ's banging. It's all in disguise. <laughs> but to return to the show, um, I love that scene where Hannibal describes himself as weird to Margot. It was really sweet. He's like, I'm weirder than you. Yeah, it's okay to be weird. <laughs> but they reminded me of this line from the IT crowd where um, they're talking about how this guy's weird. And he's like, weird is all I got. That and my sweet style. <laughs> <laughs> they all the time. They're like, that fits Hannibal. <laughs> weird is all I got. Uh, but Alana seeing the social worker is insane, but unable to see that Hannibal is. That bothered me. 
I'm like, you can see. She's so blinded. She's blinded by the day. <laughs> it's like, damn it, don't sleep with him now or you won't be able to secure the secure the rest. <laughs> I don't know. Alana's just bothering me this season. And yeah, me too. But the social worker looks like a fake person. Like what I imagine Hannibal would look like in real life. Like yeah. he has those fake he eyes. Creeped me out so bad mm. just because he was so smiley, and I was like, "Oh, there's something." Wrong I th- with you. Yeah, I think if Hannibal was a real person, he'd probably actually be more like that guy. Yeah, just there's something off. Like he's still giving really weird programmed answers. It's like you know, you could see him physically trying not to get angry at Alana, and then it's like, "You have no evidence against me," and then mm. switch back on the smile. It's like, "No, be kind, be courteous, be sweet, <laughs> yeah, be nice." Mm. They have nothing. Well, because it's um, it's something weird. Because a lot of people, that's why psychopaths have to build up such a like such a human suit. Because people can easily tell things like that. Like you, like we're masters about reading micro expressions. Mm-hmm. Like um, like I can't hide my expressions. Like every time I see somebody I don't like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like geez, there's that woman again, and it's usually me in the mirror. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I, I like literally wear my heart on my sleeve, so sometimes when you see my distaste or something, it'll show on my face. And mm-hmm. I, honest to God, don't mean to do that. Like sometimes people will look at me like, "Oh, you don't like that person?" And I'll be like, "Oh shit, that means it showed on my face." I'll be just like, "Oh no, it's just oh you know, you know." <laughs> That's it. It's just my face. Well, there's, my one, face. there's one woman I have to work closely with all the time, and we don't we don't like each other, but we respect each other. Mm-hmm. We're like uh, uh, we're like uh, El Driver and the Bride and Kill Bill with me as the bride. <laughs> So, like, I respect her, like, and I will, I will tell people that she's great and stuff like that, but every time I see her, I'm like... Yeah, I'm kind of like that with some film people in town. It's like, uh, it's, like oh, it's, it's you, you again. It's and like, then when they walk up to you, hey, I saw your last project, good job! <laughs> Especially in this town, because um, me and JJ are, uh, are two of a very small community of indigenous female filmmakers who are working consistently. And so, uh, like, if, like, since the film community is so small, we have to be supportive of each other. Like, yeah. I make, I'm making it so, like, it's reversed. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you mean. But meant. you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, uh, like, I'd rather support, bring people up than be like, oh, yeah, you know, the person just yeah. sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. like, the the fact that our small community turned toxic so fast, like, potentially turned toxic, it's, it's not worth it. You might yeah, as well exactly. just build everyone up. If you don't like them, that's fine. You know, it's just don't burn any bridges. Keep, yeah. it, keep it civil, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to like them, but keep it civil. Oh, yeah, and usually they're, like, if, if they're really a truly crappy person, the reputation will come to Yeah, them. their own reputation will make them, you know, mm-hmm. no one will hire them <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, they'll do their own dirty work. Oh, but it's like, um, the social worker scares me. I think he's one of the scariest people this season. Oh, I agree. Yeah, just for, like, how he was setting up like, poor, like, crazy Peter to, mm. to take his crimes. Like, it's like, these women were worthy of me. That's why I killed him. Oh, he's so crazy. <laughs> uh, but Peter and the social worker is how I see Hannibal and Will. Like, that's how, like, if you want me to describe how I see them, that's how I see it. Because, like, Hannibal is in a position of trust when he first meets Will. And he abuses that trust, and that bothers me. It's like, mm, like, mm. Well, mm. Well, well, and I and I can agree. It's to more of an extreme example yeah, of the exactly. relationship, I think. It's but more yeah. of like what will happen if Will didn't like fight back and yeah. just lets yeah. Hannibal do what he wants. Yeah, I can see that. It just bothers me because like abuse of any kind in the relationship just is one of my not triggers, but one of my anger points. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I I don't really like. I remember back in the day when I used to write fanfic. Um, 
abusive relationships were always my favorite thing because it's like oh they love each other for real and then I, I grew up and re- reread it and I'm like what the fuck was I on because like, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, when you're 13 you think that's the the ideal relationship well they're jealous because they love me and I'm like mm. oh, that's not healthy girl mm. slap go back in time and slap myself in the face <laughs> yeah there's a few old stories I remember rereading and it's ending and I was like what the hell is I going on about <laughs> but that comes from like inexperience you know what I mean yeah like, you just you don't know better and it's yeah, it's too bad that the like younger people these days are reading those and they think that's how relationships are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it bothers me because it's not romantic. It's not fun. If like a relationship sucks your energy all the time, that's not a good relationship. Mm. Like, true that. If we get to our advice columnist call <laughs> corner right now for true crime series, yeah. yeah if you, if call in if you have a question. <laughs> if you have a question for us, we with will. lonely hearts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll help you. But yeah, like the abusive part of it, I guess the abusive part of their relationship is why I don't like it. Like, I don't like um, him being in a position of trust over him. I don't mm. like the fact that, Will, like, okay, I can see that Will is intrigued by Hannibal and that they could probably go for a relationship. But it's like, it, it's like Will going, like, I could go that way, but that's not who I am. Mm. Like, I'm not a bad person. And that bothers me. I'm like, yes, you can have that doubt about yourself. Like, oh, it would be fun to date Hannibal. I'm like, no, Will. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, it just bothers me because I'm like, because Hannibal's a bad man. (laughs) Hannibal's a bad man. I'm going to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) But you get me. Like, uh, like, it's an unhealthy thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even though it's cute. Hit a gram forever. <laughs> but, um, just ignore all that. <laughs> just hit <laughs> a gram. <laughs> but Peter's sadness over the horse not being at fault for hurting him was so heartbreaking. Oh, He's like, it wasn't it. She was scared. I like uh, him as a character. Yeah. Like, he's very, he loves, like, his animals. Yeah. Like, did um, the sm- creepy smiley man, like, uh, yeah. free his animals? So what happened was, what I got, like, he let them go. His animals, mm-hmm. and then he killed the horse that had injured yeah. Peter, so it looked like Peter had killed the horse in anger. Mm-hmm. And I was like so pissed about that because I'm like, he didn't deserve that. Yes. I don't know. It reminded me of uh, Steve Irwin. Like uh, Steve Irwin died uh, from getting stabbed in the heart by a manta ray, I think. Yeah, the stingray. Yeah. The stingray. Yeah, like it yeah. had a barb on it, and like he would have said if he had survived, he would have said that it was his fault because he scared it. And that, like, that's what they they said. Like, he scared, he came up over it, scared the crap out of it, and it reacted out of instinct. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's the same thing here. It's like he has no ill will towards it. And I'm like, oh, what a sweet man in a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. It's like, why is he still there? (laughs) He deserves to be in the pushing nowhere else to go. Yeah, it's like, why are there good people in this world? (laughs) Like, why? But um, Hannibal's music in the car totally sucks. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Normally, I like all the classical music that plays in the show, but yeah, I was kind of like, eh. So, can we turn this down? (laughs) But, um, okay, so we come to my favorite part of the show. I wonder how Mass didn't crack up over Hugh's delivery of the line, is your social worker in that horse? Yeah, I know, right? I love that, too. And Hamill gives that really faux, confused look, just like, "Mm -hmm." I die laughing every time because of the seriousness of the delivery. Like, just this, like... Like, I, how often do you get to say that? Yeah. Is your social whore, worker in that horse? Oh, that's definitely once in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> no, I imagine Hugh Dancy was reading it the night before and is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get to say that I line. get to say this. <laughs> but it just made me laugh. I just love that. And I'm like... 
I seriously thought Peter had killed the guy because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have begrudged him that murder. Yeah, when I first mm. saw the episode, I was kind of like, "Oh shit, he did!" It's like no, but then I was kind of like, "How?" <laughs> like, yeah, like I kind of looked like the social worker is about to kill him. Yeah, mm. I think that was the point, and then he fought him off or something. I can't remember exactly how he did it. I don't think they showed it. They just showed no. it. They just cut again. Back they just leapt ahead and don't bother telling you the <laughs> the mechanics. Yeah, yeah they probably there. like fought and he like won. Because he was stronger, and he's like, oh, "Okay, going to shove him into this horse now." Because <laughs> that's the logical next step. <laughs> but that scene of uh, so the guy's making his way out of the horse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the guy's making his way out of the horse, and there's this, it cuts to a scene of Hannibal petting the sheep. The sheep, yeah. <laughs> Again, having that weird look on his face, like, "What huh. the hell's <laughs> There's a dude coming out of that horse. But I love. Um, but him petting the sheep was so bastardly to me. Like, I don't know why. I'm just like, you know, he took it home and ate it. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he, he took he it. He doesn't the car. like real meat. <laughs> But it looks this whole episode where he's just like... Well, that's a good example of Hannibal then. It's like, I'm going to pet somebody and I'm going to eat later. (laughs) But it just made me so laugh. Like, because you bring it up, his looks the whole episode where he's just like, well, I guess this is happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and I thought I was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, the line delivery this episode... And the dialogue is just so great. I was cracking up so hard at Mass saying, Hannibal saying, crawl back in there if you know what's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote this episode? <laughs> oh my god. But, um, but yeah, the scene, that ending scene is the famous scene that made me start watching Hannibal. Oh yeah, I, I wrote on my notes. Really? Yeah. And I noticed we finally got yeah. to the, JJ's favorite line of the series about the chrysalis. <laughs> it's like, I could feed the caterpillar. I could whisper into the chrysalis, but I could not entirely predict you. And then he puts his hand on the neck and it's just like... It looks like they were going to make out with each other. Yeah. I know, it yeah, looks like they're about to kiss, it. right? And anyway, my was, husband showed me a still of that. And he's like, you should be watching the show. And I'm like, huh? And he showed me, it was his wallpaper for like... <laughs> Three weeks, <laughs> just to, just because it amused him terribly, and he knew every time I would look at his laptop, I'd see it. Meant to be. I know. <laughs> he's my man. I know JJ's husband, and he's like the quietest man ever. So this is making me laugh. <laughs> so yeah, then he shows it to me, and I'm like, what have I been missing? <laughs> so then I slowly started getting into it, and then yeah, it was near the end of season two, and then I finally caught on with uh, season three. So, something like that. Or did I watch season three? I don't remember. But it was this image that made me go, hmm, what's going on on this side? <laughs> but this episode, uh, the ending, like on the opposite end of that spectrum, the ending with Will and Hannibal almost making out made me want to run to the hills <laughs> screaming. Because I'm like, no, Will! Ignore the devil! They said Ignore the devil was going to be thing. good. <laughs> it's like Elena has already fallen prey. I know, right? Oh, I totally forgot. There's that one line in the car that I also love. Where Will says, I'm alone in that darkness. And then Hannibal says, You're not alone, Will. I'm standing right beside you. And yeah, like, in the toe dash darkness. It's like he's saying, I like you. There's my Dark Tower <laughs> reference for the day. He's <laughs> in the toe dash darkness. Oh. Um, anything um, to end with, people? Uh, I have questions. Yes. I love All questions. Right. All right, so. Does Hannibal actually like the taste of human meat, or does he just like being creative of making human meat into food? I think that's, like, the creative field of it. Because he's like, okay, I have to get rid of this. How? 
I'll make a dinner party and serve it in amazing ways. Well, and it comes up from that idea, too, about the idea that he only, see, like, uh, he sees people as animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he doesn't, there's no difference between a cow and, like, a person to him, I think. Yeah. Like, the only reason you would probably, like, gag at the thought of human meat is the fact that it's a human. Mm-hmm. You can relate to that slab of meat better than you could for a cow or a pig or whatever. You'd be, like, you know... And I think that's all it is. It's, well, yeah, like I mean, like like Sonny said, it's just. If I see like a slaughterhouse, I probably would. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. You, I would probably be turned off by that. But I'll probably still eat meat, but like weeks <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's just. Uh, I think that's all it is. It's just you, you would re- you relate to that slab of meat better, <laughs> that human, what it was, and the fact that that means in our society that means someone had to die that person was murdered to create this meal so i think there's a lot more it's Maybe more it's of a, a, a better metaphor is people are like vegetables <laughs> or something <laughs> i think it's just that morality that obviously i think that's but more the question i think meat's meat to hannibal so oh yeah there's no difference i'm sure it between, tastes just fine yeah. well it's like uh, if you look at the idea of wagyu beef and how hard it is to get like mm. Uh, it's just a rare thing for him, I think. It's another rarity that he can be proud of. Mm-hmm. Especially since he got it himself. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing all the hand poses. While <laughs> like, no one oh. can see you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I think he eats people just because of that whole reason, like, um, people get in his way. And he just sees, like, if you accidentally hit a moose on the road, like, you keep it, right? And plus there's in there also that thought he, I remember my auntie was telling me this when I was, I don't know why I was watching Hannibal when I was a kid, but anyway. Or Silence of the Lambs or something. Um, she explained to me that he is also improving people when he eats them. Yeah. Oh, by he making makes, them higher class. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes them better people than they were. They were the horrible person, they were rude, they were awful. And therefore, if he consumes them, he prepared them, he made them good and delicious. He and made them He made them worthy. Or you can go even further than that and turn them into the pieces of shit that they are. Yeah, or that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. For one moment, they were this, and then they're <laughs> that. Because so. I think we get into season three why he eats people. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Like, well, some, like... Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Because the like, answer is... The scariest thing about Hannibal is that he doesn't have a backstory. Yeah, he doesn't... This Hannibal in the TV show, if you ignore the books and the movies, this Hannibal was just... I was born this way, as the song goes. I just oh, is. I just well, am. Well, I was thinking in the bathroom, too, earlier. Um, oh <laughs> that's what you do. The most deepest thinking. But we will get to Mason later. But I was thinking about, like, why it, like, because Mason will become the most hated character this season. Hmm. Like, pretty easily. I, I could see um, Celeste hating him oh, the second he shows up. Cause I he, can, I, yeah, that's yeah, true. Because he basically breaks a girl, he breaks his sister's arm for not eating his chocolate. And you'll see why the chocolate is important later. But um, oh, why is Mason the worst character in Hannibal? I was thinking to myself. And then I was, like, reading the books, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, Hannibal kills people. Yes, he does. But Mason harms children. And that's what makes mm. him. That's what makes him worse than than Hannibal, because Hannibal wouldn't harm a child. Or at least it's you're given that impression that Hannibal doesn't want to harm children. Only I think only because either a he's probably never met a child who was super rude, <laughs> and if he did, it's you blame the parents. If he was going to kill anybody, he'd probably kill the that child's parents parent for, for <laughs> having raised such a rude child. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just and probably. 
again, if you're to believe the original backstory and from the books, you know. His sister, yeah. His sister. So it's probably another reason. It's very deep-rooted and seated and layers and layers. But yeah, anyway. I, was like, I was thinking about that. Why is Mason more hated than Hannibal Who and Hannibal's a horrible person? And I'm like, I, all I can think of is like, the only thing worse than a murderer is a child molester. Hmm. And I was like, wow. I'm like, I have to mention this in the podcast. Yeah. And I got up and washed my hands. <laughs> Your fucking hair, man. <laughs> you can with your hair and sometimes you got it down and no, then right now it's just... Every time we do com- a podcast of Sana, she has the most tame hair, but at the end of it, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. It's getting angrier and angrier. It's just like... Ah. She's an anime character. <laughs> we've come to the end of the show. So before we go, what was your favorite and least favorite part of this episode and why? Celeste. Dark Will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Dark Link, but cuter. <laughs> like, I don't like just like, I just love his like quick remarks of like Hannibal like he's not holding back at all he's like, such a bitch like uh, if uh, my theory that Jack does sort of know that Hannibal is a is um you know a murderer he doesn't show it and he's like acting like it mm. but Will he's like oh I know <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you any relief of me not knowing you're a murderer well especially that scene where he's like uh, in the in the psycho uh, in the office where, he, oh, <laughs> where he's in the office and he's Hannibal's trying to lie to him it's like it's what you believe no don't lie to me oh wait, wait, wait what is it he says you may have to pretend but I don't yeah <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> and um, also my favorite part is like Peter's character like I said earlier I, mm. I just thought he was a cute character least, least favorite uh, probably the gross horse deaths and the creepy guy mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't really have like a lot to say about my least favorite it's a pretty good episode yeah it was pretty good all around episode like I, I was reading the descriptions for it and I was really terrified I was like oh crap it's this episode where they make out at the end <laughs> so then I was like oh yeah this is the one with Jeremy Davies I'm fine <laughs> But uh, JJ, what was your least favorite? Uh, favorite and least favorite. I'm probably gonna have to say. Well, my favorite's just the ending. <laughs> of course. Cause damn. <laughs> I thought of you when I watched that. <laughs> well, at least I'm being thought of. <laughs> um, I would have to say, I guess what I don't like. Uh, being teased a little bit with the Margot and Mason thing because because yeah. I know it's coming but it's still great and delicious so it's not inherently mm-hmm. negative but just the fact that we're getting teased and it's like ooh doesn't we're... like the foreplay yeah it's like <laughs> well sometimes I like foreplay just like anybody else but t- today I was like no let's let's just do it <laughs> take off the pants and let's do it. <laughs> I can wait to see their characters because you guys talk about them but I have no idea well, well it's, right. a, it's getting re- it's gonna get really fun really fast well not fun but mm-hmm. well you know interesting. We're, fun, we're gonna have fun. a good time wink wink because <laughs> like uh, like I think when we get to episode 12 that's when it gets full on gross like you know mm. how I love gore I did oh. not like the gore that happens in episode 12 Ooh. just prefer not looking forward to that <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be fun <laughs> Bring an umbrella. Oh, <laughs> but it's, when it happens, you'll know. <laughs> uh, but my favorite part of this episode was. Is your social worker in that horse? <laughs> <laughs> Just your dad's delivery. If I ever meet him at a con, I'm going to be like, can you record this on my phone? Can you say that line? <laughs> okay. It'll be my, come up every time I get a text. <laughs> Is your social worker in that horse? <laughs> <laughs> but my least favorite was Alana being able to tell immediately that, like, being able to read the language of the social worker and being able to tell he was a psychopath, but not being fooled by Hannibal. <laughs> well, to be fair, that. Social worker 
was not tiny. He was just creepy. Like, he was smiley. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you happy? It's 8 a.m. <laughs> it's your game, like, investigator right now. Why are you so happy? <laughs> but we've come to the end of the show. And where can we find you on the interweb, Celeste? You can find me on Tumblr and Instagram at Satuma. S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. And JJ? Uh, you can find me on uh, Tumblr and Twitter as JJ Neeps. And you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me personally as Honey-Child on Tumblr, Honey underscore Child on Twitter, and you can find the podcast uh, most active on Tumblr as Hannibal's Horny Abachi, mm. on Instagram as Hannibal's Horny Abachi, and on Twitter as HHBachi. Um, please like us and like us and review on iTunes. We need those pitch. We need those votes. Please do so. For you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please let people know about us. Like uh, I've been t- uh, with all the new stuff that me and JJ and Celeste have been doing. I've been telling people about a podcast. I'm hoping, <laughs> <laughs> hoping so. Like just telling people. Like cause somebody was asking me about native creatives and why we have to save our own people. And I'm like, dude, I do a podcast about. Uh, about murder. Yeah, true, uh, true crime and hot guys kissing. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm saving my people that way. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're entertaining. One yeah. podcast at a time. But yeah, keep keep t- sending us messages if you like. Uh, tag us on Tumblr. We love seeing the stuff you guys post for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, count. What's what's that user? Uh, count count D twenty. Yeah, <laughs> you you are number one fan. I'm officially making it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you want to take the spot of wonder, uh, wait, I'm gonna make sure her name is right. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay, I'm talking now. Um, <laughs> okay, what did we say? <laughs> now we got nothing to say. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Hey, H H Abachi, follow me back on Twitter. What the hell, man? <laughs> I've been waiting all this time. Like, I'll follow my own podcast. And my podcast will fucking follow me back. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sorry. I don't updated that. Okay, count D eighty. Count D eighty. Yeah. Okay. So shout out to them. Like, thank you. You're so, awesome. So much yeah. for following us and letting us know about all these funny things. Anyway, mm-hmm. we will be back next week with episode nine. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.